The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yeah, it gives me great, great pleasure this week to be joined on the Thursday interview by the former Javelin World Record holder, world champion and Olympic silver medalist Fatima Whitbread. Fatima, you're very welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm privileged to be here with you. I'm, I'm, I'm very well, thank you, given that I'm, I'm doing millions of miles of walking in preparation for my uh, 24-hour uh, challenge, 100 miles in 24 hours in the South Downs next week. Yeah, tell me about this, this crazy challenge you've undertaken. Oh, it's amazing, really. I mean, as you know, I spent the first 14 years of my life in children's homes and I'm, uh, you know, looking... I'm, building a very good platform to help support Action for Children, to help support these young, vulnerable kids and teens that live in the care system. It's a vital uh, support that they need. I mean, Action for Children look after around about 45,000 children that go through their system and emotionally uh, support them as much as they can. Um, Personally, um, you know, I know what it takes. uh, and I've been there myself, so... For me, it's really important to support these young children. There's currently 100,000 in the care system as we speak, and there's about 4.2 million uh, that live in poverty at the moment, the families, and it can only be getting worse the, the way things are going. So for me, it's you know, um, these challenges are designed to build you know, a support mechanism for our young children and uh, for me to give them a voice so they can be seen and heard. Yeah, so it's a, a really important that we find foster care mm. families. We're looking for at least another 700 uh, families to come forward and to, to give the love and the security that these children need. You know, that they're not just going to survive, they'll thrive. You know, um, they find themselves in these children's homes, uh, no fault of their own. And, you know, I want to redefine that because old school, the image really is these children are in care, there must be something wrong with them. I mean, I can remember feel, feeling that way when I was in the children's homes. Yeah. But in fact, it's it's not like that at all, you know. They find themselves in there through one a reason or another, could mum and dad are struggling or not able to look after them, they, lo- they die or one parent dies, the other one can't cope, or poverty itself. So, you know, it's really important that we uh, we try to dig deep and help these children, you know, give them a, a more meaningful life and to try and uh, make meaningful, um, you know, uh, mm. changes, make a big difference to them. Because every child, every child has a right to a safe and happy childhood. When you talk about the numbers, the sheer numbers of people experiencing poverty and that, you know, it'll only get worse the way things are going. I mean, you must find it dispiriting when you look at the proliferation of food banks and how many people rely on them, for example, in the UK. What is a kind of a really well-developed, really wealthy country? How many people need help just to get by? Well, there's currently 800,000 families living on the food bank as we speak, and and that's growing by the number. Um, You know, families are having to make decisions whether they heat the house or feed the kids. Um, That shouldn't be. Um, but for me, I mean, uh, it's a you know vital importance to to get behind uh, action for children and all these other agencies that are supporting these children in care. Um, I want to be a voice for those children so they can be seen and heard. I want to be able to help to uh, redefine what foster care means. 
Uh, they themselves, I mean, it is, a, it's, it is a paid job, but at the same time, as you know, these children are very vulnerable. They do need a love and secure family. And if you feel you're in a position to do that, then go ahead and do it. You're going to get vital support from these, these uh, care systems. You don't just get left to pay out of your own pocket. It actually is a, you know, a very uh, rewarding job. And just imagine, I mean, helping these kids. I mean, a star in every child's life is so important. You know, to set them yeah. off on that in adulthood, you know, like myself, who found the love of the Whitbreads um, at the age of 14. I mean, I would like to think that most of our kids in the care system, given that opportunity, will thrive and they will do well as well. Hopefully one day have a family of their own. Uh, so it's a hundred miles is what you're covering um, from from next week, twenty seventh to twenty ninth. A hundred miles of twenty four hours. Um, so one hundred and sixty k for for people on this side of the water. I mean, it's kind of four marathons, basically, is what you're doing. Are you going to be running any of it, or all of it, or walking most? What's well, the plan? It'll be a mix. It will be mixed because it's undulous. Um, very hilly it, the South Downs and in order to get the time I would write so, walk, up, walk uphill run downhill is that the plan <laughs> walk downhill run uphill <laughs> yeah what, whatever takes your fancy to be fair no for me yeah I mean I'm, I'm I'm excited about it I mean it's my kind of thing I love a challenge um, I've done what six I did the London Marathon this year and I've done the equivalent of six London marathons uh, in the last six months for my preparation. And uh, it's 14 minute mile pace. So let's go in some, you know, for me, I mean, for a lot of people to do a London marathon, you would be looking and finishing in around about six, six hours uh, for, for, for mm. a marathon. So that kind of pace is quite, quite fast for walking, but running walking, I should, I would like to think that I would uh, crack that nut quite quickly. You know, it's it's going to be yeah. tough, but I'm a tough cookie. You know that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and listen, I mean, you, you, you set out the reason so well for why you're doing this, the number of children and right. families who need to benefit. And of course, it's born, as you say, of your own personal experience. For people who are, who are less familiar with, with that yeah. side of your story, and and maybe they're only aware of of, of kind of the, the the glory and track and field, um, sure. and don't know the background. When did you go into care first? How old were you? Well, I was abandoned as a baby. A neighbour heard a baby crying in a flat and never saw anybody coming or going for a couple of days. And uh, the uh, lady called the police who came and banged the door down, rescued the baby. And I spent the the following uh, six months in hospital with nappy rash and malnutrition. Then I was made a ward of court for Hackney Borough Council and then uh, shifted off to Hertfordshire in Ware, um, and uh, I lived there for the first five years of my life with 25 other children. Um, and I spent the, 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 the next 14 years in children's homes, which is quite a long time in an institution like that, mm. um, to care. Um, I was uh, occasionally having to, to go back to the biological parents, which really didn't want me. Um, I was sexually abused, physically abused and uh, mentally abused. And I think it's fair to say that most children that live in the care system do struggle with their mental health issues because it's hard for kids to process stuff, especially me at five years old, to be told that I had a mum and dad when I had not had any visits, no cards, no special occasions. Nobody ever sat me down to explain that. Um, it was quite a lot for me to to process. And of course, like all children, you start to wonder what have you done wrong? Why? Yeah. Why? 
you know, and what's going to happen to me. I was petrified, you know, as time went on, what would happen to me in the future when I got to 16? Because I was always told when you get to 16, you're going to go and live in the board schools in London. And all there is there is prostitution, marijuana, which, which was back in the 70s. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a frightening time. And I'm, I'm, I'm still be- of the belief that kids today, it are not in, uh, it's changed the care system a lot since my day but there's still a lot needing to be addressed and I'm I'm hell-bent on doing that because I think it's important that we give these kids a good crack of the whip that they can find families and let's hope there is some families listening out there that would like to foster kids mm. that you you wouldn't regret it. It's a very rewarding job. And, and these kids, you know, I mean, all they want is is love. Isn't that what you and I want? Somebody to take you and help hold you and be heard and seen and given love. That's a marvellous thing for a child. And it would not only just, you know, they wouldn't just survive. I mean, they'll thrive. For me, sport was my saviour. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that was my saving grace because for, for much of the time in, in the children's homes, I was always being quite a survivor in terms of swim or sink so I mean I'd never want to line up in the school free dinners uh, line because the kids could be quite tormented with others and for me I'd go around the back of the bikes yet and play penny up the wall closest to the wall takes all yeah. and I would try, <laughs> try and win my dinner money and my friend who lived in the in the home around the corner her dinner money too if we weren't so lucky I would go to the local fish and chip shop and I'd smile nicely at the lady and I'd say, any old scraps? And she'd chuck a few scraps in and I'd be cheeky and say, any pickled onions? Or <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and if I found myself outside the headmaster's office, which was quite often because of that, the headmaster, and it wouldn't happen today, he'd, uh, he'd say, go over to the local shop, he said, and go, go and get me 20 empty non-tip cigarettes and then he'd give me the penny change. And that's usually how I started throwing penny up the wall. So it's kind of, you know, it's 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 about survival. You know, for me, it was mm. today. I think children in the homes really need to, to have a lot more time spent on them. They do. They, I mean, I know Action for Children do an immense vital work. I was in Glasgow last week and at a dinner we raised 80,000 for 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 the kids. And that means some of those kids in those homes, which I visited, they get to go out every week for a whole year, whether it be go to the zoo, to the seaside, you know, or just go to the movies. I mean, this is the kind of things we take for granted and our kids take for granted in, in, in balanced families. And so it's really important to to remember, you know, there are kids out there that, that need our support. Yeah. They need a lot. So go on my Just Giving page. If you want to support me in this course, you can find me on Twitter and Insta and you can you can uh, tr- hopefully you'll give generously and support of this uh, challenge that I'm doing. Next yeah, week. well, we'll make sure to stick up a link to, to to your social media profiles as well. So people listening uh, c- can help out if, if they are so inclined. When in all of that, did the yes. whit- Whitbreads come on your yeah. radar or get involved in well, your life? Well, I mean, sport was my saving. I was playing at local um netball match at school and I was a team captain most for most team events and I was very um I motivated my team really well I always used to be quite vocal on the on the court driving them forward and it was a it was a cup match and it was going 11 11 12 11 12 all and I was making a lot of noise and the whistle went and the umpire said young lady if you don't tone down that voice she says I'll send you off so I kind of muttered under my voice 
and uh, and then carried on and it was going 13 or 14 13 14 so on and and I started getting excited and motivating my team again and the whistle went and it was a uh, I've told you once if I have to tell you again that will be you off and I, I remember turning my back her team captain said fats she's she's serious she's really strict so just be careful well at the end of that match thankfully we won at the end of that match I said to one of the girls in, in the team who was in, in the children's home around the corner to me let's go to the local athletic club I said uh you know, it's the uh, end of the netball season, start of the athletic season. So we walked five miles to the local athletic club. And when we got to the gate, Alma went off to the sprinters in one far corner. And I saw this tall blonde guy and he was throwing what looked like a spear. And I thought, hey, that looks interesting. He looks nice. I'll go over there. <laughs> <laughs> and as I, as I went over to the runway, I went to pick up the javelin. And he turned to the shot put coach behind him and looked at him and, and, and Jack Grinney, the the coach said, oh, young lady, you can't do that. You'll have to wait for the javelin coach to come. Come over to the stand and wait there, and the javelin coach will be over soon. And, of course, I'm sitting there as a, as a young 12-, 13-year-old, yeah. get, get, get bet impatient, tapping my foot. And then he said, oh, here, here comes the coach. And this little mini pulled up, and as this person walked across the inner field, I did a double take. Oh my God, that's that same woman on the netball court who told me off. <laughs> and of course, when she came over to the to the stand, Jack introduced me. And before he could say my name, she said, Yes, I know who you are. She said, You're Fatima, aren't you? She said, Well, let me tell you, young lady, any more of that cheek you showed on the netball court, she said, We won't be throwing javelins here. And of course, I cut my hands together and I said, No, I promise you, I'll behave. Well, within a couple of weeks, she was saying to me, You've got a bit of talent. She said, why don't you ask mum and dad to come up and we can talk about getting you some boots and a javelin and yeah. get you in a competition. And and I just sort of nodded my head. And, and then she asked Jack, is, is Fatima got a hearing problem? So Jack said, no, why is that? He said, well, I'll keep asking her to ask mum and dad to come up. And all she does is nod her head. Oh, he said, she lives in children's home. She's probably a bit embarrassed to tell you. Well, with that, she came up the following week and she threw a pair of boots down. She said, I've had a young lady retired. These boots are probably two sizes too big. Stuff them with paper, she said, and, and they'll be fine. She said, and here's a javelin. Well, of course, I mean, everything was communal in the children's homes. We never, ever had anything given to us or presents bought for us. So for, for me to receive this was an, an absolute revelation. And, uh, and, of course, I wanted to get home to the children's home in the summer most of all the kids that could go home had gone home to their parents. Those of us that didn't have any parents, we were still in the homes. Yeah. The house parents would go off for their holiday, and we had German students that came over. And Ingrid, I said to her, come in the garden, Ingrid. Let me show you how I throw this javelin when I'm up at the track. And, of course, it took me two throws to get it down to the vegetable patch. So I pulled off the spud at the end of the javelin. And now I said, now I walked forward, and I said, now move, move out the way. Let's meet. I'm going to give it a really good throw. And, of course, I launched a massive throw and it went smash right through the French window. <laughs> oh, so Ingrid's holding her head and she's saying, you're going to be in trouble. She said, and I knew I would be because I was always looking after the kids. I saw myself as mum looking after the little kids in yeah. the home. And so when, I, when the house parents came back, they banned me for months. And within a few weeks, I was getting a message back from a, one of the schoolgirls in um, Mrs Whitbread's school teams, 
uh, sports teams. And she was saying, oh, Mrs. Whitbreads thinks you bunked off with a javelin and the boots and you've sold them and you're not interested anymore. So I thought, I can't have this. So at two o'clock one morning, I got up from in the home and I, I went downstairs to the front room and in the bureau, I pulled out in my ignorance an airmail envelope. And I put, dear Mrs. Whitbread, sorry I can't come to the track, only I smashed the French window um, and I've got a month's ban. But one day I want to be the best javelin thrower in the world. And then I stuck this down and I put Mrs. Whitbread St. Chad's school. Next morning, I hid it under my arm and went out the back door and I yeah. posted it. Posted it through the post box, and I thought, oh, she couldn't have got it because two weeks I was waiting, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden I heard the house auntie saying on the phone, no, no, she's been really naughty, she can't come. Well, Mrs Whitbread must have been quite persistent because within a week I was back up there at the track throwing again. Ah, and that she, is a, a, a great yeah. story, isn't it? And, and, of course, you were right. <laughs> You did become the greatest javelin thrower uh, in the world, breaking the world record in the process, uh, and, becoming a work. Go on. Yes, and you know, because she then invited me to meet the family within the summer holiday. And after that, she also asked me, would I like to have stay for a week or so? And within the, the end of, by the end of the summer, she was um, she asked me, would I like to live with the family? It was an amazing uh, fate, uh, you know, yeah. that brought together through sport. And uh, so I... Uh, you know, and the rest is history because she was my coach as well. And with mum and daughter, coach and athlete, we conquered the world. So didn't do did. too. World champion, uh, Olympic silver medalist, and like I say, world record holder uh, uh, as well. And I know the reason that you're doing all of this work uh, at the moment is so other children going through the care system might have the positive outcome. You ultimately did. Uh, Action yes. for Children uh, is the name uh, of the charity. Like I say, we'll stick it up on our social channels. Links to yours, Fatima, as well for thank anybody who, who wants to contribute. It has been an absolute pleasure and thank you so much uh, for speaking to us. Uh, Fatima Whitbread, my guest this week for the Thursday interview. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.